the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Are we having fun yet? Are we having fun yet? Oh my goodness. Great open, great open. Oh my goodness, Mark Canna. Welcome to Milwaukee. A grand slam in the bottom of the eighth inning. 9-5 the final tonight. That's... That's how you become a quick fan favorite, but man, the summer of Mark Canna is alive and well right now for the Milwaukee Brewers. As they win 9-5, to they've taken the series against the Nats. The magic number is down to 9. Meanwhile, the Cubs and Diamondbacks are headed to extra innings, so we'll keep an eye on that game. I'm Dom Catronio with Jerry Augustine. If you want to join us tonight, it's 855-616-1620. Again, 855 855- 616-1620 to join us after that roller coaster of a game. Augie, I, I mean, we, we're going to start by breaking down that that eighth inning and some of the at-bats that were taken by the crew, but holy cow, first pitch ambush against Kyle Finnegan, a very experienced reliever, and Mark Henna left no doubt in this one. Uh, a signature moment of the season, to say the least. There's no question. You know, you you know, you go, let's take back and when the when we we're talking about the end of the trade deadline, the Brewers made a made a couple of trades. They got sent to Carlos Santana and they got Mark Canna, and they're going like, okay, these aren't big name guys, but they're good baseball players. And how are they going to fill in and help this ball team? And you know, you're seeing it now. You're seeing the leadership of a Carlos Santana. What he's done. He hit a couple home runs last night. His 21st home run. Just one short of 300. And you look at Mark Hanna, what he's been. He's been. You said you remember him from Oakland and the good years he had there. He did some really good things there. Did some good things with the Mets. But he's just a baseball player. He goes and he plays hard. Understands the game. And when he gets, the, gets an opportunity in the at-bat, he's going to give you that at-bat. And I think he's a lot... He's a big reason why you see guys like Willie Adamas, who was struggling. You put you put Carlos Santana in front of Willie. You put Willie, and then you put put Mark behind him. You got two two good hitters. He's going to see better pitches, and Adamas is swinging the bat much better. So you get those veteran players that know what they're doing. They're helping the team, and I tell you what, they're inspirational, and they're a big reason why the this baseball team is playing that much better. It's been uh, awesome to watch. Quick question here from Kelly and Elkhorn. What the magic number isn't at eight, not yet. So the magic number is actually seven for the playoffs, but we got bigger sights than that. I mean, this is a nine. It came into the day at ten. Now it's at nine with a win, and if the Cubs lose, it goes down to eight. So, and that's for the division. I'm always going to be referring to the division <laughs> because I mean, I'm looking at this team. It's a 99.9 percent chance this team is in the postseason in some way, shape, or form. This team has bigger sights than just making the postseason. They have sights of winning the NL Central. But now back to that eighth inning here, real quick. So let's just relive it here right at the beginning. They leave the lefty Ferrer in to face the lefty Terang. You saw that coming. He ends up grounding out. So they go to the bullpen, go to one of their high-leverage relievers in Kyle Finnegan. And Tyrone Taylor greets him with a double. Tyrone Taylor, we gave him a lot of praise last night. Yes, we did. He hits another homer today. He works a couple of good at-bats, and he starts the rally with the double. Sal Freelich works it to 3-0, has a really bad strike called against him, doesn't let it rattle him. He gets an infield single on one heck of a diving stop over at short by uh, C.J. Abrams. But nonetheless, now the the Brewers have runners on first and second. William Contreras, who's the guy you want in that situation, he ends up grounding out on a 2-2 pitch. So now, this is the at-bat I really want to highlight, aside from Canna's Grand Slam, of course. Carlos Santana, before he even arrives in the box, strike. 
he gets a pitch clock called on, on That's him. That's right. So it's an 0-1 count. No argument from him. He's okay. Takes a ball, then he swings and misses. Boom. You've seen two pitches, and you're already down one and two in the count. Fouls off the next pitch. He worked that from one and two to a full count to draw the walk. I'm, I mean, I'll go ahead and say it now. That's my difference-making moment. That you, It could have been all the adversity in the world against you. You get a pitch timer called against you in the biggest moment of the game. You've blown a, you know, a, a game that you should have won handedly, and now you got your back against the wall, and because he's a vet and because he's a professional, he worked the walk. Yeah, I, I liked the at-bats that, that entire inning. I thought I thought Tyrone really put a good swing on the ball for the double, but I agree with you with the at-bat that Santana had because what when you look what Finnegan was trying to do, what were they trying to do? They are trying to expand the strike zone. Where were they trying to expand the strike zone? Up in the zone. When you look at what he did early in, his, in the, in the at-bat, he went down in the strike zone, got some balls on the inside part of the plate, got by him, and then what did he do? Elevate, 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 trying to get him to swing. And he thought, well, 3-2, I'm not going to go down. He still elevated the ball. That's a good at-bat from a, be- a veteran hitter. And uh, I thought that was, a, like you said, that was a key part is for him to fight, load the bases, because it changed the complexity of the game right there. Now you don't have that open base. You can't waste pitches. you got to make a pitch. And he tried to make a pitch to Cannon. Cannon was ready, drove the ball to the ballpark. It all comes from what what – Taylor did what Freilich, what Freilich did, and what Contreras did. Battled, hit that ball. Guy made a nice play at first base. Santana comes with that great at bat. Now the game changes. Finnegan's got to make a good pitch. He made a pitch and kind of hit the ball in the ballpark. And Contreras was making sure he was going to go to the opposite field. Absolutely. Uh, you saw, I mean, Tyrone Taylor's great base running at second base, too, on the heck of a play by Abrams. Because if he takes off on that, he's a sitting duck at third. Absolutely. Because of that. I mean, there were so many little things there. And if you're a Little League coach, if you're a baseball coach, man, it, that's like advanced level baseball right there to teach these kids. That is exactly how you play baseball, that eighth inning. That was some of the best high-quality within the box score type stuff there that baseball geeks like us love. You know, Dom, you, you talk about that eighth thing, you talk about Tyrone Taylor at second base. I don't know if you watched the entire what the entire thing was watching exactly what at times he was he was almost twenty feet off the base. But yet you play the smarts, you play it, you you got your RBI guys at the plate. You got your veterans that are gonna take pitches, gonna hit the ball, get that base hit. You hit the ball that hits the outfield grass. I Tyrone Taylor's gonna score. Mm-hmm. But he could have stolen third got maybe tried to go to third base. You don't go unless what? You make it for sure that time of the game. You got your RBI guys up. You got the guys who are going to give you good at-bats. You have to make absolutely sure you're going to make it. Tyrone Taylor did the best thing. Sure, he got off a of base, but yet stayed at second and allowed the inning to, to continue and ended up with the big four-run home run by Canna. So for Canna, a guy that we, we know – Works counts normally is a much more patient hitter than he was tonight. I mean, he had an RBI single back in the first on a full count. By the way, that count he worked from 0-2 to 3-2 and got a base hit. Uh, And then he had another opposite field base hit with two strikes on him. And I, I, you know, I I noticed right before the at bat, he had swung at the first pitch in three of the first four plate appearances he's had in this game, and. You know, you got to feel like he knows the scouting report against him. He's probably not going to be super aggressive on a first pitch. You can maybe sneak a, a fastball by him. And, well, instead of a fastball, it was a hanging splitter from Finnegan. And kudos to Canna. Despite being a guy that normally works counts, 
He was ready to ambush once again for the fourth time tonight. He swung at the first pitch. What did we talk about last night when we, when we had Wade Miley on the on the mound? And he had, a, after that first inning, Contreras goes in and says, hey, we're going to change some things around. He changed the approach that, that Wade Miley had. Wade Miley then threw shut, four shutout innings for the Brewers, and the Brewers were able to win. There's where you go. Here's a catcher behind the plate, a young catcher that's still trying to learn the ball game and has seen that Mark Canna has swung at three out of four pitches. What does he do? He throws a pitch that if you don't locate it well, it becomes a pretty good pitch to hit. Mark saw it. He got it. He got it in the good zone, hits the ball at the ballpark. That's just that's good hitting, number one, but it's very smart to say, I'm going to go up there and look for a pitch in the zone. If I get it in that zone, I'm going to hit it, and he did exactly that. Adam in Gainesville, Florida, for all the doubters out there about the moves that were made at the trade deadline, remember what happened tonight. Canna for the player of the game. I mean, don't forget about what happened last night, too, with Santana. So the two bats the Brewers have added have contributed directly to multiple wins so far here in the second half. And the Brewers, they're now 20-7 and going back to that Rangers series when everything turned in the right direction, right? Remember, they had just got swept by the Dodgers. That's right. Heartbreaking fashion in the last game of that, of that three-game set. And then they go to Texas, a team that was playing well at the time. We all know what they've become since then. But they've now won 20 of their last 27 games after getting swept by the Dodgers. That's a response, and tonight is a signature win, a moment that you say you're never out of it, no matter what the score is. They were leading most of this game. It should have been 9-5, to five, maybe in like the third inning, yeah. but they got there nonetheless. <laughs> you know, I, I look at tonight's game, and, I, and along with the, the bat by Santana, which I think was huge in the ballgame, I thought there was another part of the ballgame that really kind of showed what this ball club is and what it's made out of with this bullpen, and that's bringing uh, Pagaro in in that sixth inning. Mm-hmm. You know what? You just saw Corbin Burns making some great pitches. I thought the national at national uh, batters really put some good swings on Corbin Burns in that inning. We're patient at the plate, took the ball the opposite way. We're doing some good things. And what the, what does Pagero do? He comes in and he get one pitch, gets that good sinking fastball that he has, gets that ground ball. I thought that was a huge part of the game because then all of a sudden, the game settles down. Now your bullpen takes over, and we know what this bullpen is. Over the last eight games, I just looked at it. I think they have like a 1.03 ERA, something like that. You probably know better than I. Boy, that plays big. But Pagaro coming in and having a little bit of rest, being able to throw that sinker, getting that ground ball was huge in this ball game. It settled it down, paved away for that eighth inning, and the Brewers went, scored four runs. 855-616-1620 is the number. Once again, 855 616 one six twenty. Want to remind you that Brewers extra innings all season long is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. We're going to talk a little bit more about Corbin Burns' start. It was good, and it was not so good all of a sudden. In that sixth inning, he gets a 10th consecutive no-win decision. The Brewers have not given him a win in each of his last 10 starts. We'll talk about that coming up next right here on WTMJ. Wacky game out in Arizona, just like our game here in Milwaukee. The Cubs have a 4-3 lead in the top of the 10th. The place runner has scored. 
And uh, now a little pickle has put a runner on second base again with two outs now at the top of the 10th. As we all know, it always matters to get multiple runs in extra innings, but we'll revisit that game in a little bit. I'm Dom Catronio with Jerry Augustine. The Brewers win tonight 9-5 to thanks to a Mark Canna grand slam. He's a very easy pick for our player of the game tonight. I think uh, there's no debate really here, right? No, there isn't. <laughs> it's there easy isn't. stuff. Uh, it's all brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. And your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. Uh, I had this note. I tweeted this earlier at Dom underscore Catronio if you want to follow me. The last three go-ahead grand slams in the seventh inning or later. All right, so not not grand slams. You already have the lead. Mm-hmm. You can be trailing or tied seventh inning or later. The last three. Here they are. Mark Canna tonight. Daniel Vogel back against the Cardinals back in 2021 off Alex Reyes. Yeah. And in 2019, Ryan Braun down to his final strike against the Cardinals in St. Louis. That's right. That's some pretty good company. I'm going to tell you what. That I still remember that 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 home run in St. Louis, and up there, and the Brewers needed something to come back, and he, he got his pitch, he hit the ball the ballpark, and everybody was just it was just amazing that you know going with Ryan Braun, he could come through with so many. Great swings on kind of ball up in the middle, play throw the ball to the ballpark. What a great moment. And it's fitting that if the Cubs lose tonight, the magic number will fall to eight to win the division. So uh, kind of funny how it's all poetic here in baseball. So let, let, let's be real for a second, though. Let, let's talk Corbin Burns. What the heck is going on? Why can't this man get a victory on his ledger? And uh, it was news to me that you didn't know that stat here between innings, but his last win, okay, the last win to his time, and I know – Look, the win is dead, okay? I, I don't want to make this sound like, oh, he's a bad pitcher because he doesn't get wins. That's not what I'm trying to say here. But there is a little mental psyche to this, and it's like, man, why can't I get another W? He's been stuck on nine wins, wants to see <laughs> double digits, but that's now ten consecutive starts that he's had either a no decision or a loss on his ledger. And he was pitching like he was going to get a win until that sixth inning. Let's start with the good. I mean, he came out guns blazing. First, struck out the first four batters he saw. It looked like exactly like he saw in New York on Sunday. You know, I, when I watch Corbin pitch, I, he's got, we always talk about, you know, he's got that, that, that cutter that he uses, and that's a signature pitch, and he's got the slider and a curveball. And any time he comes out, he establishes a curveball. You just know he's going to have a good night. And, he, yeah, lately he's been able to throw the changeup a little bit in the fastball, but he's been throwing the ball so well. And you talk about those 10 starts. I would say in a lot of those starts, he's been so good commanding strikes. What I like about Corbin, and I even liked about him tonight, is right from the get-go, he established himself in the strike zone early in the in the accounts with each batter. And when you do that, you're going to be success. You looked at what he had. I think we looked at it in the sixth inning. Start of sixth inning, he had something like 67 pitches. When you're talking about 11 pitches per inning, that is very good. That's throwing the ball, and that's throwing the ball in spots where you, you're going to have success. So, you know, he's just got to keep doing it. It'll come, and you could tell it, it, it kind of bothered him that last inning when they were able to get the walk and the score tied to run that he was pretty upset about it, and, and rightly so. He, everybody wants to get the win. You pitch well enough to win, but he just got to continue to throw the ball. Good things will come if he continues to throw the ball like he did tonight. You know, he faced a little adversity in that sixth inning, and that, that's been kind of a theme of the day of how they uh, – handled adversity and Corbin up until that sixth inning I mean I was his slider that was the best this new slider has been for him tonight he had uh, five whiffs on the pitch and heading into that final frame I mean he still ended up with great numbers but heading into that sixth inning he hadn't thrown a ball with the slider yet 
He was getting everybody to swing at it or take it for a strike because he couldn't see it. He still finished between the slider and the curveball total. He threw 30 total. 24 of them were strikes. Wow. Can you, can you give me a, I mean, that's a that's a breaking ball. That's meant to be a pitch that's hard to control and get swings and misses, but sometimes you can identify. He threw 24 of his 30 breaking balls for strikes, and obviously he still gets a no decision. You know, when you look at someone in the pitching, you're out there, you're trying to establish yourself, the breaking pitch or the secondary pitch you want to throw at a percentage that that is – that is up in that 60, 70%. If you can do that, you're automatically going to be successful. I just think when, when you talk about Corbin Burns, he's as much as he is one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, but what he has and what he brings to the brings to the mound, he's always going out there trying to be better. And you talk about that slider that he started throwing. All he did is he went he got a little bit more tilt on it. Tilt makes the ball go at a different hitting zone where you're going to have more success. Yeah, he still has the cutter and he can throw it at the good spots on both sides of the plate. I think that's a huge part of a success. I think the curveball when he gets it over is a huge success, but now what he does, he experiments with that slider, making it tilt a little bit more, getting in the strike zone, throw it for strikes rather than throw it outside the strike zone, expanding the strike zone. When you can do that, you're going to be successful. He's got that. That's just another added pitch that just makes him that much better. And looking at the exit velocities of the singles in that inning, right, you had the little Tweener by Joey Manasis, 66 miles an hour off the bat. Then he had the single by Keyboom to keep the inning alive. That was 87 little stoink out to left. I mean, that's like, right. It, it's what can he do? You know, it was. It, it's just. Are you kidding me? Like bad luck. Hang in there. It hang with him. Falls in front, and it's just Corbin has a bit snake bitten right now. And I, personally, I love seeing Mad Corbin Burns. Because this dude cares, and if you want to say, like, oh, you need to stop striking everybody out, the dude is just a competitor. We've talked about the fact that, you know, when he was in a little bit of a slump at some point last year, trying to get back to the primal screams is what he calls. And we heard a couple primal screams literally from the press box tonight. But Corbin, as he's currently lined up to pitch 162, the final game of the year, if it matters. And that would mean he would probably be lined up to start game one of a wild card series. We have seen when this dude is on and when this dude is dominant. He's unhittable. Literally unhittable. And just a little bit off and a couple of doinks, and it's just like it it feels catastrophic, but it's not. The reason why I'm not overreacting to this, I thought his stuff was phenomenal. He has figured out the cutter to get on both sides of the plate. The changeup wasn't as effective as it has been. He didn't really throw as many curveballs as usual today because the slider was so good. But... We saw that sixth inning. It's the walks. It all comes back to the walks for Corbin Burns. When he doesn't walk batters, he's the best pitcher in the National League. No when question. he walks batters no and he deals with traffic, he has to deal with base runners. He has to deal with holding runners closer. And we know he's slow to the plate. That gets in his head a little bit. It's a simple formula, and if it was that easy, everybody would do it. But Corbin Burns, it all comes down to his command. And sometimes his stuff is so nasty that he can throw it for strikes, like we talk about with the breaking balls, and he can still have success. Well, you know, you, I, I just it's so much fun to watch him because when you see a good team, and I thought the sixth inning, I thought the Nationals had some really, really good at-bats against him. They were patient at the plate. They, 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 were, they knew he had that good cutter. They were tempted. They would go the other way with it. But what gets me is when you get him in a in, – he gets ahead in the counts, and he makes that good slider pitch or that good cutter pitch or a good breakable pitch, and you see that hitter – defensively fighting that pitch off. Then you know that he's he's got it, that he can make a pitch that, you know what, 
All he's got to do is go out and locate the pitch, execute the pitch, and he's going to be successful. And that's the way he's been lately, and he's just got to continue there. I thought, though, in that in the, in the sixth inning especially, I really thought the Nationals put some really good at-bats against him. They really battled him. They made him work a little bit harder. And you got to give – sometimes you have to give the, the, the credit to the hitter, but it doesn't take anything away about how hard, how effective that he wanted to be and how well he pitched tonight. And a quick update from Arizona. Bottom of the 10th inning, tie game. Uh, leadoff <laughs> RBI single from Corbin Carroll. And now the fastest maybe base runner in all of baseball is at first base. Marcus Stroman is trying to close the game for the Cubs. He just came off the injury list. They're using him out of the bullpen right now. Unfamiliar territory for him, so we're going to keep an eye on that. Meanwhile, I want to get to the phone lines. Don has been waiting patiently out in Madison. Don, you're alive here on Brewers Extra Innings. Hey, guys. Uh I was at the Badger game uh, this afternoon and drove straight to American Family Field, and now I'm on my way back to to Madison. Uh, kind of hard to top this day for sports. Um, <laughs> no kidding. I just I just want to say, you know, the, the the thing about the Brewers that is just kind of amazing me this year is that they're scary good in some ways that combined we haven't seen uh, a Brewers team really put together in a long, long time. By that, I mean, okay, so, you know, the top three pitchers are arguably the best top three uh, in the league, if, if, if not in all of MLB. Um, they've got speed up and down the lineup in different places. I, I love the fact that they've got more than just one guy who can really motor on the bases. Um, I, they've got some decent power. They've got uh, the ability to play small ball. Uh, you know, you guys mentioned some other plays. Uh, Bryce Terang's sacrifice bunt. You know, there are plenty of guys in the league who, I mean, not only would they would they probably not try a sacrifice bunt, but even if they did, they probably couldn't bunt. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, it is... I am just, you know, I'm, I, I am at the point where I'm, I'm willing to embrace this and actually be excited about their playoff prospects now. I think if they continue to put all of these tools together and, and support each other, you know, these guys go deep into counts, and they're not all worried about having to be the guy because they know the batter behind them can pick them up. Exactly. Um, we're just seeing so, so many of the fundamentals in so many ways are all coming together. We've had Brewers teams that were great in power. We've had Brewers teams that had fantastic pitching. Um, but this particular team is putting it all together. And, and, and I, you know, we talk about the players. I'll just add one more point. Um, we have to go back to the front office, too. It's the yep. Contreras and Tyon. It's, it's the, you know, nobody talks about the, the, the major talking heads never have come back and looked retroactively and focused on the, the Canna and Santana trade. Those were, those were small potatoes compared to what everybody else was talking about. But these guys, I think, I, I don't know which one of you said it before, but these guys have made a difference and won games for the Brewers. And, and I'm just, I'm loving it. Team. You can tell I'm excited. 
Yeah, I love it, Don. I appreciate the call there, my friend. And, and Great comments. I, I think what he's on to there, too, Jerry, and this is how we'll close this segment. You know, you think of the 2018 team, right? Incredible offense. Absolutely. No starting pitching. Incredible back-end bullpen, right? Something was missing. And it was very slow, very power-laden team. That's right. 2019, it felt a little more balanced, but then, like, that middle bullpen was kind of missing, right? They were relying on Josh Hader way too much that season. Uh, and, and, you know, the offense was still good, right? And then, obviously, Christian Yelich not being available really hurt them in 2019. 2020 doesn't count, doesn't exist in my eyes. 2021... The bullpen suddenly was the question when Devin Williams made the mistake that he made. You wonder, man, what it could have been if you had Devin in that eighth inning as opposed to Hader in the eighth inning versus Freddie Freeman. Uh, and then the offense is just so sputtery. This version of the offense, I can get behind. I know they don't hit a lot of homers. I, I get that. They hit two homers tonight. They hit three homers last night against the Nationals. I'll be fair with that. But sometimes homers dry up in the postseason. And when you get a timely home run for a team that's played a million close games this year, playoffs are going to feel like nothing new to these guys. Yeah, I think the game of baseball with the new rules has made a big difference because you're seeing a lot of youth come in, and I think the youth of this ball club has really made a big, big difference. When you look at each and every game that's played, the youth on this club has been a part of that, those games that you win, whether it's on the offensive side or defensive side. You see that happening, and the young players have done very well. But uh, tonight uh, we were listening on the way in to the pregame show with Lane Grindle and Tyrone Taylor. And Tyrone Taylor made a comment that I that kind of struck me, and it struck me in a real positive side. He says, in our clubhouse, we know that every day brings something new. It brings something new that someone new is going to step up or someone different is going to step up, but someone is going to step up. And we have confidence that that's going to happen. I think that's... When you talk the essence of a baseball team and believing in yourselves and you yourselves as a not only an organization, a squad, whether it's pitching, hitting, feeling, whatever, that plays so big. That was an excellent comment, and I tell you what, you define this club under Craig Council, that's what this club is. I'm still getting ready to start the campaign for Craig Council to be manager of the year, but uh, we're up against the break here real quick. Going to take it here. We've got plenty more to talk about here on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This one from Josh in Milwaukee. That was a roller coaster. Just glad we got the series win. You'll have to trust me, but I was thinking about Canna hitting one out as he walked to the plate, and I yelled so loud that my smart TV menu activated. Great stuff from Josh. We'll take a breather, come back with more difference-making moment next on WTMJ. On deck, more Brewers Extra Innings. Siding Unlimited, named the best window installers, not just here, but in the whole USA. Get the best. Siding Unlimited, three-time winner is America's best window installer. For windows, you call Siding Unlimited first and directly. SidingUnlimited.com. Glass shower doors are beautiful, but the way they used to make them doesn't allow for them to stay looking beautiful for long. And that's because hard water, heat, humidity, and even soap can corrode standard shower glass. But our newest product, ShowerGuard Glass, is different. Its patented technology permanently seals the glass surface against discoloration and corrosion. And with regular cleaning, your new ShowerGuard Glass is going to look new for years to come. So if that old glass shower door of yours is ready to go, give me a call about ShowerGuard Glass. Now you can't find this product everywhere, but you can find it at Less's Glass. And with over 30 years of experience installing glass shower doors, you can take our word for it. It lives up to its billing. 
This is Stacy Sinks with Les's Glass Service. If it's a new glass shower door, fogged or broken insulated glass replacement, or affordable glass and mirror home decor that you've been looking for, you just can't pass on Les's Glass. Les's Glass Service, serving all of southeastern Wisconsin. Find us at lessglassservice.com. For kids at the Salvation Army, a meal isn't just a meal. It's fuel for imagination, determination, and dreams. It's energy to be role models, change makers, and to just be kids. With your gift to the Salvation Army, a full meal is provided to a child, which leads to a full heart, a full night's sleep, and a future full of possibilities. Donate to the Salvation Army today, and you'll show local kids love beyond hunger at samilwaukee.org. That's samilwaukee.org. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. What a game. Mark Hanna, go ahead, Grand Slam. In the eighth inning, Brewers win 9-5 to five with Jerry Augustine. I'm Dominic Catronio. Augie, this is the time of the show where we get to our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference, investment, retirement, banking, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Aside from Mark Canna. You got a difference-making moment tonight? Pagaro in the sixth. Yeah. I think coming in and getting that third out, everything was starting to go the Nationals' way. They're they're having some great at-bats against Corbin. He comes in and gets that one pitch out. I just settled the game down. Let you Turn it over to your bullpen that's been so successful. I thought that was a big part of the ballgame. I agree. That that, that was the third time this year Pagaro has entered the game with the bases loaded. He is now 3-for-3 three and three not allowing a single run to score. And he's quietly putting together a Hobie Milner-like resume. Absolutely. Where he has now inherited, uh, I believe the number is 26 inherited runners now. Only four have scored. And he has come in, and maybe the role for him is the, the fire stopper. You know, like we've, we're trying to figure out what the role is with Yoel Pihops right now in the eighth. But now you've got McGill. Now you've got Uribe. Now you've got Piguero being effective again. You've got Hobie, who's a Swiss Army knife. He can go anywhere at any time. And you got Devin in the ninth. I mean, shoot. I mean, that's, that was some serious, serious great stuff from Piguero. That was a good call there in the sixth inning. Well, I think, you know, when you look at it, like Piguero, what he's done this year, he's got, when you see him from the beginning, you're starting to get that confidence and rolling along, using that sinking fastball. He's got a great sinking fastball, and when he gets it, he's tough to hit, locating a slider and that. Well, you got, you take McGill, and you take Uribe. These guys come in, and they just blow. They just go right after you, and they're going to come right at you with the 101-mile-an-hour fa- uh, fastball that they have. But, you know, you take a Piquero, and he's like having another closer. That guy in that four, that fifth, sixth, seventh inning, you need to come and get somebody else with that sinking fastball he's got. He can induce that ground ball, and it's so important. So I think when you look at a at a, a, a guy like Piquero, a guy like Kobe Miller, their versatility makes this ball club this that much better. And it's it broadens that spectrum of this pitching staff, what you have – Especially now when you got a McGill coming in and commanding strikes on like you talked about last night with his good curveball and you got a Uribe coming in with confidence and saying, you know what, I get ahead with my fastball and if it's not a I can't locate it, I'm gonna throw that slider and I'm gonna throw it for strikes. That makes just them that much better. And, and- Clearly, Devin was not going to be used tonight. You know, McGill Absolutely. was ready for the ninth inning. Yeah. If it was tied or if the Brewers took the lead, and obviously they made it a non-save situation. That's right. But So that's another thing to keep in mind. Devin would have pitched in three consecutive games. Craig Council doesn't want to do that this late in the season. And it all paid off because they hit a grand slam and made it a non-save situation. 
Now we look ahead to tomorrow. And by the way, the Cubs and uh, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks couldn't add on in the bottom of the 10th. So we're in the 11th now, and the place runner has scored for the Cubs. Jan Gomes is in an RBI single. It's now 5-4 to four Cubs, top of the 11th inning. So who's going to end first, our post game or that game? So this is going to be uh, fun to watch down the stretch. But tomorrow... It's going to be Brandon Woodruff on the mound and following up his complete game shutout, 21 consecutive scoreless innings right now. I I, I think it's a, certainly a spoil that you can debate. Huh, should they start Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff in game one? Or maybe Freddie Pro- That's the spoils that this team is. <laughs> Brandon Woodruff going for a sweep tomorrow and I, again, I, I've said it about Corbin. I'll say it about Brandon. There's no one else I'd rather hand the ball to. I know. You, when you look at what, what Woody's been able to do, he's a warrior. I don't care what anybody says. He's a guy that wants the ball in his hand, and he's going to go out and challenge you. And, you know, you talk about Corbin Burns being built off the curveball, the, the slider, and the cutter. While you take a Woody, and he's built off a lot. Four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball that sinks, and now great changeup, but he has a good curveball to go with it and a cutter to go with it. So, yeah, Woody's just that guy. He is, thinks nothing about being aggressive, staying in the strike zone. He's a guy that can expand the strike zone, and he can pitch up in the strike zone with authority. And uh, anytime you give him, the, give him the ball, he's going to give you 100%. Uh, and I'm excited to see... Uh, what he can do against this Nationals team. I mean, Woody just throws a million strikes. Yes, he does. It's a guy that he's not going to nibble at the corners and that sort of thing. And then, you know, Devin, you would think maybe, maybe not available. But now let's, let's be real here before I let you go. The offense tonight. Yeah, they got nine runs. And I'm not, I'm not going to complain about nine runs. But it felt like nine was the fewest they could have scored because they had traffic. 70 pitches to Trevor Williams in two innings. They only got three runs out of it. I'm not going to sit here and pick at nits of saying, oh, my gosh, why why do they play so bad with runners and scorpions? They really didn't play that bad with runners and scorpions. Could they have had it more? Absolutely. I'm not debating that. But at the end of the day, they went 6 for 15 with runners in scoring position. 6 for 15. And we're sitting here going, oh, they should have had more runs. I, I, I'm not going to let myself go down that road. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, they probably could have had more runs tonight. I thought it was really impressive when you look at that forced inning. 47 pitches. Cool. That's patience, and that's what this team has done. Patience early in the ball game. Take some pitches. Yeah, hopefully you can break through, score some runs, get that good hit, good hits with runners in scoring position. But it all caters into late in the ball game. They're going to pick away at you, and they're going to fight fight you. And when they get late in the ball game, they're going to get aggressive. You make a bad pitch, they're going to make you pay. That's the way this team has been swinging the bat the last three or four weeks. And I'll tell you what, it's been successful. You can't argue with them. It's been fantastic stuff. Jerry Augustine here. On WTMJ, man, you know how to pick them, don't you? I mean, well, these last two games have been holy cow. Well, tonight was pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. This has been a lot of fun. Appreciate your insight as always. Anytime, Dom. Great being with you. And we'll see you soon. All right. Take care. All right. Jerry Oxen here on WTMJ. We're going to hear from the man of the hour, Mark Canna, coming up next. Also, the manager, Craig Council, a little bit later. And the highlights right here on WTMJ. <laughs> The Who's Hot pick is pretty easy tonight. It's got to go to Mark Canna. He's a player of the game, too. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with Cider, and you can get $1,000 off an instant rebate for a Dakin AC or furnace unit. That's all through the end of October. Financing is available. Visit Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Mark Canna, the go-ahead Grand Slam in the eighth inning. He was the winner. By a 9-5 final. Here was Mark after the game. 
Mark Hanna, the hero, and then some tonight. The Brewers win it 9-5, a grand slam from the Brewers' trade deadline acquisition. And what a difference he's made with this team over the last month and a half. And Mark yeah. joins us as we get started on the Potawatomi Casino Hotel postgame show right out of the gate. Mark, congratulations. What a moment. Uh, you're going to remember that one for a long time, I have a feeling. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was just cool to, uh, you know, do something big and pick up the team and, and listen to the reaction from the crowd. It was, uh, those are those are the fun, fun moments you remember. What has it been like with this group? You have settled in so quickly and become a big, big piece of this lineup, and you've had so much success here with this club. What, what has made this transition so easy for you? I, I think the guys are just it made it really easy for me to just jump in and kind of hit the ground running. And, and I don't know, maybe a lot of people maybe don't remember this, but I started pretty slow when I got here for like a week. The first week was really tough. And and it just, uh, all the guys were, you know, picking me up and, and it didn't feel like there was any pressure on me. And that, I think, really allowed me to settle in and, and just uh, keep keep grinding and keep playing. It seems like it's a different guy every night with this group right now, too. I mean, there's just a true belief that everybody's got each other's back. That's the way it looks from the press box, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's a really, really great team dynamic, and um, it's it's something that's not, you know, you can't manufacture it. And I, I felt at the moment I walked in, it was like a, a breath of fresh air. And not, not that I didn't have anything, I had something good going with the Mets, too, and that was a good team, but this team just, it felt homey and and you know they welcomed me with open arms and everybody was really relaxed and just kind of letting it all hang out and playing baseball and that was um it was really fun well you got after the first pitch so there's not a lot to take me through in the at bat but i'm assuming you're up there just looking to get aggressive right out of the gate yeah i, I mean i'm i'm familiar with finnegan and kind of what he has being in the same division as him the last couple of years and um just kind of knew what I'm looking for, and and I told myself if you you know if it's there, go for it. Don't don't hesitate at all, and and trust yourself. And um, and that's what I did. And and you know when there's that amount of trust, and when you can just um, kind of buy into your approach like that, then then that's all you can that's all you can do. I think as a professional hitter. I mean that's a great point. You you've seen him a lot playing in the NL East, so there was familiarity there that had to help a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I kind of know what to look for off of him. It, a, a lot of these guys, and um, it can be a little game of cat and mouse. But um, I just missed a first pitch earlier in the game uh, that I flew out to center on, and I was kind of upset with myself because I didn't really trust myself to to see the pitch. And and that one, I just said, okay, you got to trust it this time, and and just let it go. And that's the thing about being a guy with a with a splitter. It can be a good swing and miss pitch, but if you leave it up, guys can do damage against it, and that's what you did right there. Well, Mark, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for giving us some time. Congrats on a great night once again. All right. Thanks, guys. 
Mark Canna and Lane Grindle earlier here on the postgame show after his grand slam gave the Brewers the victory tonight. So we've heard from Mark. How about we hear from the skipper? That's coming up next. 855-616-1620. Once again, 855-616-1620. Real quick, though, another update out in Arizona. The Cubs could only score the place runner on the top of the 11th. Now the Diamondbacks have already scored the place runner in the bottom of the 11th. It's Drew Smiley, runner on first, one out in a 5-5 to game. This is getting wacky. This is getting weird. Again, if the Diamondbacks win that game, it will be the magic number for the division will fall to eight, and the Brewers' lead will be six and a half games with 14 to go. Good vibes. Good vibes indeed. So take a quick breather. We'll hear from the manager coming up next right here on WTMJ. I've still got chills, man. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. Holy cow. What a game. What a game. I was here for the, the Vogelback Grand Slam, too, in that in the building that day. And, and, and that was an ultimate Grand Slam. You know, you're down by three with two outs, and you hit a Grand Slam. That's that's pretty wacky stuff. That's some backyard stuff right there. Tonight, tie game of the eighth. Still just as dramatic in the middle of a pennant race. Brewers win 9-5. to five. The skipper certainly happy. Here's what the manager had to say after today's win. Uh, I mean, it was it's a huge at bat. Uh, we've had we had some really good at bats in front of it, um, and I mean, you know, whether it got out or not, you know, we took the lead for sure. It was just a well hit ball and um, big swings. The hitters on you know both sides put together tough at bats. I thought tonight all night and made it really tough on pitchers. Um, and we just uh, we know we kept coming. We had some bunch of opportunities that kind of didn't finished the cashing in on but but did in the big way in the eighth and um you know but again a lot of a lot of good team at bats craig we talked to you a lot about the on base with canada but it just seems like he, he's one of those ball players that just does what is needed at the time be it on base big swing there for a grand slam defensively he's really good he's just he's really filled a lot of different roles for you guys in a really good way yeah i mean Look, he, he's played incredibly since we, we acquired him. Um, he, he's just he's been outstanding, great in, in every facet for sure. So um, he, he's on a good run, he's in a good place, and um, you know it's it's been it's been a big deal for us what he's added offensively. Big deal for the organization too, Craig. I mean, Matt and the guys wanted to help you at the deadline, and uh, last night you look at Santana, what he did, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. Yeah, I mean, we added, um, you know, this is, they're maybe not, we added good, solid players to our lineup, and it's just, it's changed our offense. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, and, um, you know, we got a great example the last two nights. Craig, what do you think happened in the sixth inning with, with Corbin? Just kind of lost it. I thought they had great at bats. I mean, you, you can, you can, like, you know, we always point to what happened to our guy. I think they did a really good job against him. Um, he got ahead of him. He made some really good pitches. They didn't bite on him. Um, and I'd, I'd give him some credit. They did a really nice job against him. They, they made him work. They kept themselves in at-bats. Um, you know, they, 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 were, they were tough. Yeah, he put it on. Them. They were tough. Yeah. It looked like Elvis had a little bit extra in the tank after getting a little, a little break. Yeah, I mean, no, Elvis, Elvis threw the ball really well. Uh, he, he threw the ball. He got a big out there in the sixth um, and, and did a really nice job. 
What about the events leading up to Mark's Grand Slam? Like Tyrone, I mean, he just went on such a great stretch. It was like that double right away. It just seemed yeah. No, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, and Sal had a really good at bat as well. Um, Carlos coming from, you know, even even William just like making him work and, and nothing easy. Um, and then Carlos fell fell behind in the count and a couple foul balls worked his way back. Um, a huge walk, and at that point, you know, he's twenty plus pitches in already, um, and and we're putting tough at bats on him. So, you know, the really a good pitcher we greeted him with to me four really tough at bats prior to the grand slam it just seemed like that was the storyline all night for you guys offensively 70 pitches for trevor williams and two innings i mean you guys really made everybody work yeah i mean that was the plan going in with with williams that um you know you you have to be patient you have to give yourself a shot at something because he's gonna he's gonna be on the edges and and kind of try to get you to chase a little bit so we did a nice job with it um and, and so we, we made them work really hard we hopefully they're they're what they had to go through in the bullpen the last two nights has some carryover to t- what we can do tomorrow um and it's it's we've been doing a good job of that um uh, making making pitchers work for their outs it was one of those nights where, like I said, with Augie, nine runs felt like the fewest runs they could have scored. Now, I thought they could have scored nine runs without a grand slam, but, hey, they got the job done. They still went 6-15 with runners in scoring position today. Brewers win. They win the series. They go for the sweep tomorrow. And tomorrow will be, if the Brewers win, it will be win number 700 in the career for Craig Council. Take a quick breather. We're going to relive it up next with some highlights on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Get out of Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. This game started how it finished with Mark Canna. In the bottom of the first inning, he was going up against Trevor Williams. Brewers got a lot of traffic. In fact, each of the first three batters reached against Williams. Canna cashed in the first run. Deals again. Space hit to center. Score or not? Nope, the throw is going to be cut off, and at third, they will hold Contreras. Don't worry, they weren't done in the inning. Willie Adamas would add a sacrifice fly to make it 2 nothing. Then, the next hitter was Rowdy Telez. Swing and a little looper in the center of base hit. Another run is going to score. Santana is in. On a base hit by Rowdy Telez. They made Trevor Williams throw 47 pitches in the first inning to get three runs on the board. Corbin Burns on the other side for the crew struck out the first four batters he faced. He would allow a solo homer to Garcia, but then the Brewers responded right back in the bottom of the fourth inning. 2-1 is a high drive to deep left field. Racing back is Alou. Seven is gone. Tyrone Taylor stays hot. His seventh home run of the season, and the Brewers lead it 4-1. to Lane Grindle's call here on WTMJ, but then slowly the Nats would start picking away. But in the top of the fifth inning with the Brewers still in front, how about Josh Donaldson, the new guy? And the pitch. Donaldson, a base hit to center. Adamas scores. Donaldson, first hit tonight. 18th run batted in for Josh. On a solid base hit to center. Bob Euchre's call there. But then, 
In the sixth inning, things would be tough for Corbin Burns. Three walks in the frame and a couple of hits. Nothing really hit all that hard, and all of a sudden, this was a one-run game after a bases-loaded walk. That made it 5-4. The Brewers' bullpen kept things together until the eighth inning when Yoel Piams allowed a two-strike little stoink in the shallow left field to tie the game at five. Then in the bottom of the eighth inning, with one out, the rally formed. Tyrone Taylor doubled down the line. An infield single for Sal Freelich, first and second, and one out. Carlos Santana, or rather William Contreras then, grounded out. It moved runners to second and third, but with two outs. Santana then worked an epic walk seven pitches, even with a pitch timer violation against him. And finally, the stage was set. Mark Canna, bases loaded and two outs. Finnegan looks in to Canna. First offering to him. And a drive out to left. This is high, deep, gone. Mark Canna, backflip engaged. A grand slam. And the Brewers lead it 9-5. to five. They could hear him in all the way down in Chicago. Heck, they could hear him. In Arizona, where the Cubs are playing right now, the Brewers get the victory 9-5. to They will be at least six games up, or uh, rather five and a half games up on the division as uh, the Cubs are playing right now. But the Brewers get the victory. They'll go for the sweep tomorrow, and it's career win number 699 for Craig Council. We'll wrap up the program after this on WTMJ. All right, last minute or so of the show here. Brewers win. Go for the sweep tomorrow. Brandon Woodruff taking the mound. He'll be going up against left-hander Patrick Corbin. First pitch is scheduled for 110. Our coverage will begin at noon, and I've got you for Brewers warm-up right before the on-deck show, and we'll be ready for baseball here at American Family Field. Out in Arizona, one last update. Unless it ends on this pitch right here, I don't think this game's going to end before us. The Cubs failed to score on the top of the 12th. So now the place runner is on in the bottom of the 12th for the Diamondbacks in a 5-5 game. All they need is a base hit, and this game is over, and it's Gabby Moreno trying to get things done. I've got 30 seconds left in the program. Is it going to happen on this pitch? Otherwise, we're going to say goodnight. The man on second is Emmanuel Rivera. It's a full count. Nobody out for Drew Smiley. He kicks. He fires. Moreno takes high. Ball four. So first and second, nobody out for the Diamondbacks. And we'll leave you with that cliffhanger. If the D-backs win, the Brewers' magic number for the division goes to eight games. My thanks to Jerry Augustine for joining us in person. And my thanks to Sam Butson on the controls. I'm Dom Catronio. Keep on swinging.